You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I'm Bill Powers. This is Mining Stock Education. Joining me today is my friend Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com, our monthly check-in with a trader to get his perspective on the markets. Nick, thanks for joining me. Let's jump right into commodities. Commodities are soaring. We're seeing commodities go up two, three, five percent in a day. Oil's moving. What's your take on uh, where investment investment possibilities in the commodity sector as a whole from a big picture view? Well, right now, commodities are a little high on, on the hog, so to speak. They've had big runs already. Look at things like copper, look at lumber. Um, they're actually starting to pull back a little bit because they've gone parabolic. So we've seen a lot of parabolic moves. The bottom line, inflation is here. It's here to stay. It's not going to leave us, even though the Fed, the Federal Reserve will say it's transitory. They love to use that word. They all stick to the same script. And I give them credit. I mean, they are, you know, they're really uh, straight and narrow when it comes to just sticking to the script and the playbook. But it's not transitory. Um, you know, the effect of the lockdowns and everything else created shortages. And now we're experiencing inflation and we're going to experience it for quite a while. So what I would say to everybody is when these things pull back and they set up on the charts, I think there could be some buying opportunities. But at the moment, I'm not in love with uh, how high they are and where they are at the moment. I think we need to do some backing and filling first. So do you do some sort of Fibonacci retracement level you look for to when you're going to take your position? Can you talk a little bit more about how you determine the pullback point that you like for an entry? Sure. So what happens when a, a when an equity goes parabolic, which is we'll, we'll just use copper as a, as a case experiment, that went straight up in a straight line. If you look at where it traded back in March 2020 to where it traded just recently, it made new all-time highs, taking out the 2011 top. When something like that happens and you go vertical like that, basically like the Statue of Liberty and, you know, you're at the torch point, that's when, you know, things are going to come south again and they're going to pull back. What I like to do is I'll run a fib retrace from the low there to the high and very often you'll get a 50% retrace. So when I get to around 50%, that's a spot where I start looking closer, then I'll start to navigate, see if there's any GAN levels there, what moving averages are there. Um, what other pivot points may be in play. And that's how you determine if there's going to be a good entry on the long side, because you want to get in when the institutions are getting in. You don't want to get in when the crowd, the public is getting in. When the public gets in, the move's over. And that's just what, what happened recently in, in, you know, in, in copper. And just using that one for an example. I'll say, okay, with copper hitting these highs, it's been said that the most bullish thing for a commodity is when a commodity hits an all-time high because literally nobody has lost money. You break through whatever past resistance there was. Uh, do you agree with that? And how do you reconcile that with waiting for a pullback? I agree with that to a point, but the best breakouts come when you get up to an old high and you stall and you build a base. And that means institutions at that stage of the game are accumulating. They're accumulating on the stealth without anybody realizing it. And that's why you get that long chart base. But when you go straight up parabolic, and we saw it in gold back in August of 2020, it went parabolic. And I was on your program saying, this, is neat. this needs to correct. I might miss the last move. It's okay. But I know what the end result is going to be. And gold pulled back all the way to sub 1700. And that's where I was a buyer. So again, you just use the same idea, you know, copper, we're picking on that one today, but it's had a tremendous run. Now, when you make those big, big parabolic moves, they can last a little while. 
doesn't mean the move is over in a week or two weeks. But what will happen is you'll start to make lower highs and then you'll get more distribution and it'll pull back. And what everybody will say, the Fed is right. It's only transitory, but it's not transitory. It's here to stay. You're going to see commodity prices in the long run go a lot higher, I believe, after you get some corrections. Everything has a correction. Nothing ever goes up in a straight line. Nick, I was talking to a friend recently. As you know, we focus on small cap mining stocks on this channel. And he was saying, Bill, from my years of doing this, he's been doing it, I don't know, 15 years. Bag holders are always retail with these little small cap stocks. Nick, you've worked as a broker in New York. Would you agree with that sentiment? I would agree with that sentiment, that statement. I believe it's true. And, you know, it doesn't mean you can't have a company that surges. It can surge, but it's it's a sign of the times right now. We have excessive money printing, $125 billion a month, unprecedented. I mean, this is this is this is something that we've never seen in our lifetimes, nor have we ever seen it in the existence of the central banks. And it's not just the central bank here in the United States with the Federal Reserve, but it's going on in Europe, it's going on in Japan, it's going on in Australia, it's going on all over the place. So when you have this easy, easy money pushing things around, you know, it's got to float somewhere. Recently, we're starting to see these meme stocks, GameStop and uh, AMC today. I believe that hit a new all-time high today. And uh, you're seeing these other uh, stocks, KOSS, K-O-S-S. I don't even know what they do anymore. They used to make headphones when I was a little kid. But point I'm trying to make is these things are running wild on short squeezes. That means speculators are hungry to put the money somewhere because it's so easy. The money is easy. It's loose. So the the institutions get a hold of this capital and they got to put it somewhere. I know everybody's telling you it's the Reddit short squeeze or it's the so-called meme stocks. It's institutions putting it somewhere because they know they can force more buying in there from the public. And, And that's the game. That's the way it's always been. It always will be. You mentioned short squeezes. I see in the mining sector, sometimes you can uh, do some research and these uh, mining companies have like 10 days worth of trading volume to cover the short position. So if there's some catalyst and the share structure is relatively tight, I've seen uh, 200, 250% moves in three to four days in some mining stocks when there's a short squeeze in action. Can can you talk a little bit more about what you look for for a potential short-term profit with a short squeeze play? Well, here's the deal with that. You never, when, when, when they're micro caps, you never know how high they could go because they can just move bigger and farther than anybody ever thought for a couple of reasons. One, if you ever look at the trading volumes in those particular equities, I bet you they're pretty light. And then all of a sudden, when they have those big squeezes, the volume is massive. So what you got to do is you got to sell on that pop or you got to put in, monitor it and just trail your stop mentally. Don't show it to the market and try to ride it up, but always be ready to hit that that sell button because that's how you have to play those names. It's not my game particular, my particular style of trading. I, I don't love that. I like to trade big companies, real companies, companies that produce something, make something. I, I don't love the biotech world, which is promising you the next cure for cancer. I've been in this business 30 years. I've been hearing that since the day I started and nobody has ever come up with it. So for me, I look at those equities and I I get questions about them every single day. They're just fly by night. They're going to come right back down to where they started eventually. When you get that big surge, that big pop, be smart, take advantage of it, get out of the equity, sell out of it. 
Tier 1 Silver is a Canadian precious metals company focused on the exploration and discovery of world-class silver and gold deposits in Peru. The company's management team has a record of monetizing exploration successes and a strong ability to raise capital. Tier 1 has assembled a portfolio of assets in Peru including Amelia Coastal Batholith, the Wheel Aicoyo project, and the flagship silver gold project Curibaya, which is rapidly advancing towards its first drill program. Tier 1's listing is pending on the TSX Venture Exchange under the ticker TSLV. To learn more and to stay updated, go to tier1silver.com. That's tier1silver.com. How are you trading gold and gold stocks right now? Well, I have some gold positions right now. I own Agnico Eagle Mines. AEM is the ticker symbol there. I own call options in GDX. I've had a tremendous run in the gold play. I got long at 1700. We did a retest in late March. I told my members we're going to form a W bottom. Now I'm looking for gold to go up to 2000. So I think right now gold still looks very strong on the charts. I would just love to see it go sideways for a week or two. And then I think we're going to see more uh, another breakout. If it breaks out sooner, you know, I might have to take my profit sooner. But either way, um, it's been a tremendous, tremendous mover. And I've done well in gold options as well as in, in some of these gold stocks as well. Crude oil is at $68 a barrel as we speak. Uh, what's your take on what to expect from oil the rest of the year? I think crude's going to 70. I mean, you know, you have a president here and shut down the Keystone pipeline, then he's going to shut down uh, more uh, uh, pipelines in, in Alaska. Um, he's importing oil from Iran. It's a disaster. Maybe oil could even go higher. I'm, I have 70 penciled in on the chart. That's what I've been telling my members for the last um, few weeks that oil should head up to 70. It might even go higher. I wouldn't rule anything out. I mean, this is this is an absolute disaster. Um, the policy here in the country. And, um, you know, what could I say? I, I think oil's headed higher. So oil can be affected by wars, kind of these black swan events that come out of nowhere. How do you trade around trade around black swan events? Well, you know, you don't know when those events are really going to take place, but hopefully the chart gives you a little bit of a clue. So, you know, like I, I didn't know that there was going to be the colonial pipeline hack or anything like that. I mean, who, who, you're not even thinking about that. But you just look at the charts. The charts will tell you what to do. And as long as the chart trend is strong, you want to stay with that trend until it breaks apart. Once it breaks apart, then you look for pattern and you can switch the other way. Right now, crude oil is still very, very strong. And it's telling us it's, it's probably going to go north of 70 here shortly. Nick, if you're looking for sectors to invest in or specific companies, do you pay attention to what the politicians in Washington, D.C. are doing? Just like on both sides of the aisle, we saw Nancy Pelosi buy a bunch of Microsoft call options right before a government contract was granted, made a lot of money. Both sides of the aisle do this. Do you pay any attention to that for possible sectors to uh, you know, do a trend trade on? I don't really pay attention to it, but I'll give you an example where you should pay attention to it. I remember the coal stocks used to be on fire prior to uh, President Obama coming into office. And the Obama administration basically killed the coal industry. So you do want to pay attention to their overall agenda. Right now, we hear a lot of chatter that uh, the new Green Deal is the way they're going to go. But I have to say, the uh, integrated energy stocks, they're all prepared for that. So they have patents way back tucked away that nobody knows about. You know, they probably have the patent to the electric car. We don't even know it. But, you know, so you so said, don't worry about it. Watch the chart. You stick with the trend. But when that trend breaks, then you got to go with that trend and you got to get out of those equities. So, again, the rides only last so long. 
the charts are, are really my guide. So I, without them, I would I would honestly be lost. You don't need a bachelor's in economics to know what an increased capital gains tax upwards of 50% would do to the investment sector and the economy. But I would like your thoughts here. And I was thinking in particular with mutual funds, right, where they're a little different than some ETFs. How is this going to, is it going to destroy the mutual fund business because these people are going to have to declare, you know, short-term capital gains sales on all the decisions the investment manager makes? It could. It could. I mean, we don't have the final details of what this is about, but what this is really doing, it's destroying anybody that wants to get wealthy. And I have to say, you know, I come from very, very humble beginnings. And, um, you know, I'll never forget the big goal in my parents' life was go from an apartment building to their own home. And they were able to do that. That was a major, major accomplishment in their life. I've been fortunate and very, very blessed. Um, to be in this business, to learn a lot about it. But I mean, if, if you put on this kind of tax policy that we're, they're talking about right now, you're preventing anybody who's striving to become wealthy. They don't have a shot. They don't have a shot. And that's what happens what, where America could turn into Venezuela. And I don't think anybody wants that. Hopefully we prevent that. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But that's the route they're going with these kind of uh, of tax increases that they're talking about. It's not just capital gains as well. It, it's it's on people making over four hundred thousand. Really, people that make over two hundred thousand, four hundred thousand per couple. So I look at that stuff every single day. I try to determine where the breakpoint will be, but none of it is good. And it's gonna a lot of that stuff's gonna get pushed through. So I know people are saying, "Oh, it's not gonna happen." It will happen, and you know we have to hope that it it doesn't get uh, put back retro. Uh, to this year, because, you know, then then people are really in some trouble. And if it gets pushed through, what will the impact be upon the U.S. dollar, do you foresee? I think the dollar is going to strengthen either, either way this year. So it's not dollar. been performing good against the loony, you know, in Canada, because no, I, I look no. at that trade and I'm down on that one. It's been terrible. And I, I really would have thought the dollar would have would have performed well against uh, the Canadian currency. And it, it, it's been really sluggish. I mean, falling, you know, it almost falls every day. Um, but I have the dollar penciled in to be stronger um, probably uh, sometime later this month uh, throughout the rest of the year. All right. It's the summertime. Sell in May and go away. Is that your advice to all the traders that listen to you? Or what advice are you giving for this summer? Well, it's a, it's a trader's market at the moment. But if you look at the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ topped out on April 29th. And it had a very, very sharp fall. And now it's retraced, went all the way down to 13,000. Now it's retraced 50% or so, maybe a little bit more. So we're going to have to watch the pattern. Overall, I have to say, looking at the market right now, the way it is bounced back, it seems like every sell-off is being bought. And one of these sell-offs now are going to be like a game of musical chairs, where the, the music stops and the chair gets pulled away. And when the selling begins, it's going to continue. We're getting closer to that. This is what we call a rolling top, unlike a V bottom, which is made basically in a few couple trading days with high volume. Rolling tops take time because you'll get little, little peaks and then you'll get nominal highs, little peaks, nominal highs. And that's what we call a rolling top. And we're in the making of a rolling top right now. You're very forthright with your subscribers about your performance. You have your option service and then your regular trading service. Tell us where you're at year to date on performance. The option service, I'm a little bit over 100%, but I had some trades in there from last year that I had a book this year that I took 100% losses on. 
My swing service, I think we're somewhere around 39 or 40 percent. Um, but options, I think we just hit seven in a row winners. Uh, so that's pretty good. And uh, again, there's new trades always around the corner. So, you know, the year is still young. We're only we just started the month of June here. And uh, again, as we get more volatility, we'll get a little bit more action. All right. Well, you've been listening to Nick Santiago, master trader, 30 plus years of trading the markets, knows about the financial industry inside and out. That's why I like bringing them on the show once a month so we can hear from a trader as we focus on these junior mining stocks. Nick, your website is inthemoneystocks.com and that's the best way for listeners to find information about you, right? Yeah. And they can come over, check out Bullseye Trading. That's my service on the website. And again, 14 years, we've had this uh, website up and running. And every year has been successful. And we'll look to keep it that way going into twenty end of 2021. Excellent. Thanks for coming on today's show. Thank you, Bill, for having me. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.